Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the State of the Arts podcast. This is the first one we've done for a while, but it is a special one. In this episode, we're turning our attention to Leeds, which has just been through its Year of Culture. The organisation behind the Year of Culture is Leeds 2023, and I was lucky enough to sit down with Kali Tiari, CEO and Creative Director of Leeds 2023, and Emma Beverly, Director of Programming. A bit of context first. Back in 2017, Leeds' bid to be the European capital of culture was rejected along with all UK cities after we left the EU. The bid organisers, the council and many others in the city decided they'd deliver their own 12-month festival of arts and culture in 2023. Only without the budget or the frameworks that come with being a European capital or a UK city of culture. Planned during a pandemic and carried out in a time of huge economic uncertainty, the Year of Culture provided a mixture of self-produced events, community engagement projects and partnerships with creatives from Leeds and around the world. Now, I actually worked in the Leeds 2023 team for part of the delivery year and I got to see the challenges and the successes of the project up close. But not everyone will know what went on behind the scenes in 2023. So in this episode, we'll find out from Cully and Emma what challenges they faced, why they made the decisions they made and what the year of culture might mean for the city. A special thank you to Iga Studios for hosting us and I hope you enjoy listening back to this episode of the State of the Arts podcast. So I'm delighted to have with me today um, Cully and Emma, who were the directors of Leeds 2023, the Year of Culture. Um, the first question I really want to ask is probably the most important, which is, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I always say I'm still standing and I'm still smiling and we've still got lots to do, so I'm fine. How about you, Emma? Um, I am relieved, a bit tired, um, and just excited really about what comes next. It's quite strange having your kind of soul focus on something for so long and then for it to be done. So I don't know, maybe ask me in like six months. Well, you've had a longer journey Are with you? it than me, haven't you? Because you were part of the original bid programme. So I guess yeah. that's a... Yeah, like lots of different people in the city when the city said back in 2014, 2015, should we bid? There were a num- For European capital culture, there were, there were a number of us who... That was the kind of first moment that we started to get... Get involved in it, so yeah, it's been quite a ride. Well, that'd be good to you know hear from both of you actually. What was um, your entrance point into the Euro culture? So, you obviously, you will have had connections with Leeds, and then how does that transition into overseeing a, a project of this size? Well, I started, I mean, for me, um, coming to deliver a year of culture for Leeds was like coming home right back to the beginning because Leeds was the first place I got involved in the, the arts when I was. Um, asked by Red Ladder Theatre Company to come along and um, work with them to find ways to engage with young people because they were re, uh, reimagining the company. <clears throat> and then eventually I ended up doing quite a lot of work for them and as some people will know, I became artistic director of Red Ladder um, in the mid-90s. So the city's always been 
a really important part of my life. I've lived here. So even though I wasn't involved in the <clears throat> the bid process, I was aware of it because I was here. It's always been a thrill to see what uh, might come from a city that was trying to be bigger and bolder about its cultural life because it's there. It's just that we weren't shouting about it very often. And so um, I'd moved to run National Theatre Wales uh, in... in uh, 2016 and I guess uh, it felt like when the job came up uh, too important not to throw my hat in the ring and that's uh, that's what I did and I was lucky enough to get it so that was my journey with it. And what about you Emma? Well I'd been living, I moved to Leeds after university so in 2012 uh, because I'd gone to uni in Sheffield but a lot of my um, a lot of my kind of a lot of the things I wanted to go and see and do were in we're in Leeds and a lot of my artistic community were here as well. So yeah, I'd been here for that amount of time, but a lot of the work that I did didn't actually take place in Leeds. So I was kind of based here. I had a studio at East Street Arts, um, but Leeds 23 and the bidding process for that was the first time that I could really root myself in the city. Most of my work was national or international with independent artists. Um, so I, so my journey with Leeds 23 specifically was they did a, they did the town hall event where they spoke about should we bid to be European Capital of Culture. I'd never heard of it before, um, but it sounded great. So <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, and then when they started to recruit a, a team, a programming team for the bid book, which is the, um, the basically the funding application that you make to the EU for the title, um, I was approached by another colleague of mine called Matt Berman. He'd just run Yorkshire Festival um, to ask if I wanted to go in for it as a job share with him and um, another amazing person who I hadn't worked with before um, called Jenny Harris, who um, like I've continued to collaborate with since then. Um, and we got we got the, the freelance post. So we had a couple of years where we were kind of dreaming up and imagining this, this programme um, for what would be 365 days of culture, we had to try and imagine about half of it for the for the bid book. So that was a that was a really amazing moment for me. I was about 24, 25, so it felt a little bit wild to be working on something like that at, at that age, but w working alongside really experienced people like Matt and Jenny, and then also getting to understand how culture works at a city level. And all of this was really spearheaded by. Clooney McPherson, who is the director of culture for Leeds, and I learned so much from him. Mm. Um, I'd never heard of things like cultural strategies. I didn't know about policy and how important all of that was. Um, and it was through that process, really, that when I came into the job that I'm doing now, um, that I actually really understood that a year of culture um, and these kind of big temporary events that different cities do they're only really one moment in like a 10-year strategy 15-year 20-year strategy and so that felt like a massive um learning curve for me in terms of then what we actually did during the years to try and think of it within that frame um but i wasn't necessarily intending to work in, as part of the delivery body um and then cully got the job and um i'd wanted to work with cully for ages so <laughs> I'd tried before, so I thought, right, I'll try again. <laughs> Which I love winding her up about. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I got I got the role, which at the time was executive producer. So um, I started three years ago. 
Amazing. So long journeys for you guys, but mm. also like long journeys uh, experiencing other cultural organisations and what it takes to put on events of different size. But I don't know if people realise just what it takes to put on like a full year of, of culture, um, especially given some of the, the context of around, you know, 2023, what was happening in the world. Could you give us a sense of like what actually is required resource wise in terms of how many moving parts there are? Well, I think that we are in a Leeds 2023 is probably uh, quite a unique case study because, um, you know, for a start, the original bid and the ambition was for a 60 million pound programme that was, you know, part of the European capital of culture, which comes with all of the framework and the history of European capitals of culture. And of course, uh, people will be familiar that Glasgow was won many years ago and Liverpool in 2008 was uh, was the last UK city that was capital of culture, European capital of culture. So the impact of those things is enormous, and so, but also is the expectation of all those things. So in many respects, the fact that as a consequence of Brexit, we no longer were eligible to compete in that competition um, was a considerable knockback. You know, it was a really major Im- impactful uh, moment uh, for so many people who'd worked so hard to get a really very brilliant bid book together and so close to interview day, wasn't it, With um, when the announcement came. So I always said at the very beginning that it was a big transformational decision for the city when it decided that, uh, ev- you know, c- collectively, across party and across business and culture, that having made the commitment to invest in culture in this way, that the city would continue to find a way to deliver it. And so the the ambition for the programme was reduced by half. I think it was about 32, £32 million programme. Uh, and then the independent trust was set up, chair and board of trustees, and they began the recruitment process for the team. And um, and that all was sort of 2018, 2019. And I, I was appointed in 2019, but didn't take post my post up till the beginning of January 2020. So um, just before. Uh, and that was 10 weeks, 10 weeks before lockdown. Hmm. Uh, and there was myself and an, an assistant who had been working with the council and the bid book through the process who, um, and, our, and our board of trustees. So, um, and a commitment from the council of some investment of um, at that at that time it was about twelve million, um, but you know, an ambition to make a project that was thirty two thirty four million. So you know, a requirement to raise at least another twelve million. Yeah. So uh, again, that that moment of COVID, the ability to talk to colleagues, to think about what the future might be when the sector was in absolute crisis. Mm. No, even big organisations like Opera North were going. I can't talk to you about twenty twenty three because I don't. I don't know what next month looks like, next week looks like, or if we're going to make it to the end of the year because it was such a. It had such a profound impact, and I know there's lots of sectors, but the art sector really did, um, really visibly suffer in all sorts of ways. So it's really it would have been a moment. They could it would have been very easy for everybody to just go look. This is too hard. Let's let's not do this. So it was it was very very challenging because we couldn't recruit 
we didn't know what to do really in, in many ways we couldn't recruit the full team what we it was hard to have conversations about um you know aspects of program and partnerships and so just holding the space for that first year was in part um trying to work out what what do we what could we do how do you build an organization from scratch in those circumstances and how do you try and raise money um and so you know that's i think we had we had at the end of at, at the end of the first year I, I, we had uh five people in post which you know given that it's such a big program to deliver it was a very uh very small team and there was a lot to do um and there was still also lots of stress in the system around whether we could raise the funds that might be required, including, you know, the council having to seriously think about their commitment to culture in that way. Yeah, was there any point that it became, you know, there was like existential questions around it, you know, when you're looking at the resource and the uncertainty, was there any point where people were having conversations about whether to even go ahead? Well, at the end of that first year, when the um, in tw- at the end of twenty twenty, when um, uh, the council was having to relook at its budget allocation for the following year, yes, absolutely, and uh, in fact, they, there was consultation, wasn't there, with yeah. the public around uh, the investment into Leeds twenty twenty three at that year, that year, and actually, um, the response was such that you know, uh, the city continued. And we, like many of the other arts organisation in the in the sector in the city, got a fifteen percent cut, you know, which was significant cut. But nevertheless, um, that that could have been a moment when the year could have easily not have happened at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and it's been like that all the way through that level of uncertainty because, you know, uh, trying to plan a program of delivery and start putting things into development when you don't know how much money you've got it's it's really really challenging and working in that way constantly is very very hard for artists for creatives for producers uh for the business you know Um, yeah and also from a a program perspective um do you have to have like you know a rethink about the kind of stuff that's going to happen in a year of culture when there's so much uncertainty about what you're going to have available well so by the time that I started, we were setting budgets. And like Cully was explaining, we, we, we basically had to do it where we had, this is what the top standard might look like, which is the roughly £32 million budget for the whole organisation. This is what a middle level looks like, which was about £24, million, And then this is what it looks like with only the council's investment and the money that we've managed to raise so far, which wasn't a huge amount. I think that was about 15 mil. These are like, these are, these are wildly different scenarios, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and they bear, um, it, it, it's, it's not possible to just kind of shave off a little bit from each area. You, yeah, you it's effect, a completely different thing. They're completely thing. different things. And so, you know, now that we're in the period where we've delivered it, you know, one of the things I keep thinking about is there are so many different versions of what leads 23 could have been would have been but also um, i guess there was there were there was a level of pressure to say publicly <clears throat> what we were going to do very early on mm. and in that context it's very hard to kind of go this is 
because everybody, you know, of course, understandably, everybody wants, what are you going to do? What, what are we going to do? What are you going to see? What are you going to make? You know, yeah. and um, and in within the wider context, that's really challenging because you need, it wasn't like, oh, here's the bid book and we're going to just do everything that was in the bid book. You know, there were projects that were being funded throughout that have, you know, uh, had a lifespan. But there was also a question when COVID and cost of living, which was what is needed now? that we had to think about through the lens of the programme. So one of the things that um, is helpful about that situation in the fact that you've got these three very different versions and that actually some of this is within your control and some of this is not within your control and you've just got to try your very best. And also because Cully and I have a re- had an existing relationship with the city because of all the crises, um, of which it was enormous, we could have very frank conversations with the cultural sector. And there was a period of time which I think was us attempting to, whilst being extremely sensitive to the circumstances that the sector was in, us attempting to try and reconfigure the relationship that the sector had with Leeds 2023. And I think we did that to varying degrees of success because up until this point, the question that's been posed to the city is, do you want to win something? Largely, people like to win things. So, of course, the answer is yes. You know, do you want to be win this title to be European Capital of Culture? Yes. Lots of people get behind that. Lots of people can really see what they can contribute to that. Now what we're asking them in this period of time is, well, we're not a European Capital of Culture, but we're going to do something anyway. And we can't exactly tell you what that's going to look like right now because of X, Y and Z. But we do know that we have these... Um, kind of underlying themes and what we do think we should be doing is focusing really explicitly on what doesn't happen here already so the question that we were asking people was what can we do using Leeds 2023 as a catalyst that we haven't been able to do before and in in all of that complexity of the context and the scenario planning and the kind of the, the really real craziness that we were in just asking that one question really helped to solidify I think for some of the people that we were working with what their contribution to the year could be so the task at hand from a programming perspective wasn't um okay we need to know exactly what all of these projects are now because that would have been crazy to do in that context what we needed to do was try and create some kind of structure and try and answer that question um, so we knew that there was already incredible things happening in Leeds. Um, it's a really, really rich city when it comes to its cultural infrastructure. There's a lot of good stuff happening here. If it's not broken, don't fix it. How do we just communicate it, shout about it more? And that then led to us going, well, one strand of the year should be about promoting and changing perceptions of the city of Leeds. Um, and actually, that's that's a, that's a, that's about communications. That's about branding. It's about PR. Um, and then we also knew that because Leeds has so much going on in terms of its sector, that there'd be a lot that we could support, but that could be led by the city and the existing partners. Um, there were lots of things that people wanted to try out that they hadn't really had the either the confidence to do yet or the reason, actually. And mm. that's another great thing about these <clears throat> temporary events is they give they give a purpose they give a reason to try to do something new or different um that isn't business as usual and so and a lot of the projects that have been developed through the bid book process 
we're we're really kind of recognizing that there is there is um exceptional people here and they've got stuff they want to do so we tried to support that and that that kind of gave birth to the partnership strand of the year and then we also knew that um there were things that we could do as a temporary intervention in the city that for whatever reason whether that's due to the context of the pandemic um whether that's due to the challenges around um resourcing or um whether it's to do with the fact that there hadn't really been um a framework to develop a certain type of art form in the city as strongly just yet um we knew that there were these things that we could do that were really 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 high risk some of them might not work <laughs> <laughs> um and for a lot of people in the arts sector especially the subsidized art sector doing things that are high risk at this particular moment pandemic or not feels like a challenge from a programming point of view so that's when we started to go okay so what are these um kind of signature moments across the year and how do they really demonstrate that um certain things are possible but also that it's not always about things consistently working you know and um it's not always about doing something where you know that it's going to be successful you're you're doing something because it's trying to answer a, a question in society or it's trying to demonstrate the kind of the breadth of the contribution that the arts sector in particular can make across a whole range of different areas that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis whether that's by um you know addressing the the gender inequalities that exist within the construction sector by building a barn in 24 hours with 300 women and non-binary people um or by trying to look at you know the future of a city like leeds in the context of the climate crisis and its land ownership and its land occupation by inviting artists from all around the world to to question you know what is a forest and what kind of sites do the city what kind of sites does the city already have that we could make more use of if we looked at them in a different way you know and that's what this is a forest invisible flux project was really trying to investigate too these these aren't necessarily projects that have an immediate sell you know they're, they're ones that you have to really find the right people who are really up for it mm. to get behind and and that's what the kind of produced strand of the program was that's a really long convoluted way of me saying it was incredibly chaotic in a lot of respects so in that instance the only thing that you can do is try and find kind of a a, a, a through line that means you can you can accept the chaos and be within that and then try and find a framework for people to see themselves within yeah. um and 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 that's really what we had to focus on in that first six months of 2021 also i think the whole yeah, and managing uncertainty is a is one of the biggest challenges of projects like this because um, you have to have a level of you almost have to have a level of bravado that says we have the confidence to deliver this even when things are changing on a weekly, daily, sometimes hourly basis, you know, um, on any given project. So um, there is a sort of sense in which you have to, certainly as a CEO, creative director, you have to carry the can for um, and carry the belief, uh, even if it's going, even if it's heading into huge you know dramas left right and center or that you're navigating very complex political um systems or that you're trying to 
you know, any anyone listening to this who's an artist will know that sometimes trying to explain what it is you're making is really impossible, you know, because people want to understand it. Uh, and, some, and some of the things we were doing, people had to experience them to kind of get, I mean, to get it really and in a way it was what was what was extraordinary was even our own teams and you'll you know sometimes would experience the final outcome of a project and go oh I didn't realize that was what it would make me feel like or think about or that was amazing that was amazing right and so part of the job of the artist is to try and do that right it's mm. to, to kind of provoke and and and, and question and give you an experience that is beyond what you thought it would be and I think that comes with huge levels of risk of course it does for the artist and for uh, the organization but that's also what was necessary when Emma talks about you know what is it that we can do that might not be otherwise possible part of that was managing that level of risk you know yeah. part of that was bringing in the right people to be able to to have a year where you know Yinka Shonibara has an amazing new permanent sculpture in the city delivered, you know, because um, that's been a conversation for a number of years. You know, it could have carried on being a conversation for a number of years, but uh, a focal point allowed us to take some of that on and drive it forward. Um, and there's a whole load of stuff that actually is driven by a value system that you necessarily wouldn't talk about, right? I wouldn't necessarily talk about why some of those things are important for this city, but it's it's linked to my understanding of the city, my understanding of, of, of the bigger strategic ambitions that we should have around inclusivity, around sustainability, around ambition and around confidence for a city. It's also my understanding that, you know, having been part of you know, Manchester International Festival or working internationally in different ways. The fact that there's so much going on in Leeds and yet we just don't step out of our little world and shout about it or experience the 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 the, the world beyond, even though the world sits in our city so vibrantly, you know. And so part of our job was to shout about that, to shout about the the different communities, to get to to um shine a light on different art forms and conversations and and to encourage people to engage with culture in ways that really mattered to them yeah um, and that's why some of those projects like the my leads 2023 was like we get the privilege of working out ideas of what we want but what if we trained up a group of people that were able to connect with their community and have the confidence to deliver a festival either something brand new or enhance and build upon what they already did in their communities what might that feel like and look like you know yeah. um so some of that impact and some of that process driven work is is not the thing that's going to hit the headlines but it is the thing that's going to change um the future of the city in its in terms of its cultural life yeah i, I think it's it's interesting when you guys are describing it because it's clearly this stuff is so intrinsically linked to who you are as individuals and the stuff that you've done previously and how you view the city, how you view culture. There's obviously a lot of responsibility must come with that, but that must be exhausting. Like there must be a real toll, like having to think about this thing constantly and being so personally attached to delivering something like this. Do you think people really appreciate that? I, I don't think people fully understand what it takes to deliver a year culture. 
And why should they, actually? I, I think there is, there is a sense that sometimes, um, like Emma mentioned earlier, the sense of the win. Well, we never had a win because we didn't win anything. <laughs> so it, actually, it was really hard to uh, have that momentum, you know, um, because we were, we were trying to build that momentum from scratch in a way, even though the bid book had done a lot of that work internally in terms of the city. But, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you could ask any artist and go, why do you make the work you make, you know, um, and how challenging is it? Because every piece of art means you're stepping into a place of vulnerability as an artist. You don't quite know whether it's going to work or not. And, but there is a, there is, there is something important for you that you want to say in that work and and you hope and uh that the way you manage to do that will have power and resonance and an impact and i guess <clears throat> the thing about years of culture um <clears throat> and the sort of sense that uh the scale and ambition of something like this and money the associated money um, or perceived association of money means that lots of people have huge expectations that it will do everything for everybody in the city. And it, we're, we're twice the size, nearly three times the size of Hull, and we had half the budget, mm. uh, you know. So sometimes it's very hard to um, explain the, the minutiae of that, you know. Um, inflate, you know, we were talking to uh, our colleagues in Edinburgh, you know, uh, the, at the International Festival uh, one summer and they were talking about how, you know, inflationary costs on, the, on one of their sets was 400%. Like, how do you manage budgets when inflation yeah. was, was absolutely, you know, increasing, f you know, not just tenfold, I mean, not just a few percentage points, but massively and, and having a massive impact. stuff has an impact on audiences as well and how they're perceiving um, how money is spent and where money is available to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, which is the other reason why for us, we've tried to make as much of the work as as free or as as low cost as possible. But that also has a another uh, a counterbalance to that is there ex there is huge expectation from our stakeholders or from our boards or whatever that you'll earn a lot of money from ticket sales. So you can't have both. You can't try and create as much work accessibly and as free as possible and deal with cost living and have a huge earned income target right mm. so that, that's a constant tension you're playing with brexit had a massive impact on the cost of um, materials it had a massive impact on on some of the international relationships and and costs but also the ease with which artists could connect and engage and we were absolutely committed to remaining internationalist and european you know, so all of that stuff is in the mix when you're trying to trying to run an organisation like this, and that's very that that never comes to the surface mm. with how people perceive what the year is. Um, and also, I guess the other final thing I would say is that you know we we ne we're a startup that also has a lives for a very short period of time and then needs to close. Well, that's emotionally exhausting for people and different. And it takes a different, not everyone is comfortable in that world, right? Mm. Um, you know, some, some staff members who'd come from very established institutions found it really challenging because there was no certainty in, you know, even systems were being constantly developed, you know. And when people asked me what it was like, I would say, 
it's like flying a it's like flying a plane while you're trying to build it you know roughly where you're heading but you've no idea whether the bits that you've put in place in, are in the right order for the turbulence you're going to hit you know that was the only way I could describe what it felt like to kind of have a startup with a dead an end date that was fixed we couldn't say oh well actually you know what we're not quite ready can we move it to 24 <laughs> you know yeah, there was <laughs> and you know and oh I, god yeah. and i i absolutely you know yeah can we have another year of it yeah exactly and um, you know i guess i guess one of the skills of being a theater director is we always you've got a deadline you meet it don't you yeah. what about you emma what was the as well as being so attached to the program and being so invested in it how does that take a toll over the course of a year how do you you know feel that it now that it's over as well I think the thing that has been a bit of a reckoning for me during this is I've realized that I can't expect everyone to get as excited about the prospect of what Cully's just described um, as what I do. And in a strange way, I think having 10 years as a freelancer and having to be really adaptable, super responsive, um, make things as you go along um all that chaotic energy that we were talking about earlier um i think really exists within that way of um making a living so the only other experience i'd had in an organization was a was a, a period of time with east street arts as a director which is also an artist-led uh organization that you know is really grounded in a very DIY ethos. So the environment in terms of trying to um, do this enormous thing with these massive targets, like the other thing I'd just say is, it's a third of the budget of what we were anticipating, but it's still European capital of culture level targets. So mm. um, all of that challenge for me has been completely exhilarating and um very much like the whole way through well can we actually do it you know trying to work that out as we went along rather than assuming that we'll be able to do it felt gave me a huge amount of energy actually but it's not possible for a company of the scale that you end up being for everyone to run off that level of energy and i've had to really learn that um and the thing that has been a consistent uh sort of struggle i guess is a personal dilemma about where even where there are people that are running off that level of energy and enthusiasm because they love leads a lot of people in our team wanted to be part of this because they love this city um how far can you take that in terms of what their own personal investment is into their work and the amount of energy that they'll put forward into it um it's it's a it's it's a question that I still don't have the answer to really. Um, it's we definitely needed it. We needed people who who have a huge amount of energy and enthusiasm for the city and the organisation. Um, that meant that they worked so incredibly hard, um, and everyone did. Everyone worked so incredibly hard. And actually, because it's because it's temporary, you kind of tell yourself that well, well, at least I know I don't have to do this again. <laughs> if it was like this all the time, that would be completely unsustainable. But I hope that for, I know for myself and I hope that for other people who've worked as part of the organization, that the, the turbo charge in terms of experience 
and learning and um, everything that you kind of get out of it is so radically different to any other kind of experience working that I'm just very grateful that I've had the chance to to experience it and do it to be honest Um, and I think back to being the 24 year old working on the bid book I never would have imagined that by this point I'd be in a position where I'd done a job like this Um, I guess there's a level of personal resilience that it's taken you know there's no I think anyone's more sane than me probably would have cut the program quite significantly and would have uh, done much less and been more cautious and and it would have had a different impact to what I think that we've managed to achieve but um, but I'm, I'm I mean I'm also one of those working class kids who was told I couldn't do anything so somebody tells me I can't do anything I'm gonna you know I'm gonna work hard to try and do if I've said I'm gonna try and do something I will definitely try and do it you know um uh but you but hanging on to the emotional toil of potential failure the emotional toil of carrying everyone's anxieties and appearing to be cool about it and it'll all be fine it's um it's not for the faint-hearted actually these sorts of jobs they're not for the faint-hearted yeah my my observation would be as someone who worked uh in the the team would be that as you guys have illustrated like we've got a lot of really hard work and dedicated people um but you yeah stress levels were crazy um and you know it can be hard to see colleagues going through that stuff and i'm sure it was really hard for you guys as well watching colleagues either moving on um or just under intense pressure and do you have uh i'm sure you've spoken to a lot of them but like and there'll be a lot of them listening to this hopefully and do you like have a message for them now that it's uh, now that it's all wrapped up well I've appreciated every member of staff that have put um, their energies to making this year happen and you know like um, we, we often sort of say these things don't happen in isolation they happen because a lot of people buy into the vision and the ambition and work hard to make it happen um, but you also have to accept that uh, you know, people, uh, loads of people moved on for all sorts of reasons. You know, people got other jobs that were big step ups for them and they grabbed, grasped those opportunities. Others um, felt like the level of uncertainty and the level of uh, um, stress that that uncertainty causes wasn't for them and they wanted stability. And that's absolutely uh, right and proper, right? Um, some people come into these jobs because it's got a status around the title and the you know isn't it all going to be marvelous but actually don't fully understand what it takes to deliver it and though it became became something that didn't didn't suit them they didn't suit the temperament didn't suit their um uh, the the way they wanted to work you know and so i think all of that is just the nature of any startup business and but it's also amplified and made harder because of the nature of the intensity of these projects I spoke to someone who who um, <laughs> uh, only the other day who's run you know uh, who led Hull and has run lots of other things and um, he sort of said in a way these years of culture are like get a bit of post-traumatic stress about it because <laughs> they do take 
they do take a, a, a they do have an impact on you because um, also the external expectations are such that people want people think it's um, they think you there's lots of people there's lots of money and it's you know you get all the fun bits and what they don't understand is there's never enough money there's never enough people <laughs> and the challenges of delivering any of these things are very very complicated um, whether you know even even small projects can have complexity around making those things work you know for all sorts of reasons so it's not just that the big projects are complex everything is complicated mm. um, you know and requires time it requires um, uh, sort of understanding and empathy and and support and uh, those were in short supply for us because we lost a year because of covid and then we were constantly chasing funds in order to deliver what was remained a very ambitious program so in answer to your question about what would I like to say to colleagues I hope that when they look back on it that they've they learned stuff and they can look back and and find some joy in the the process of what they made happen and uh must have been too traumatic because a number of people have gone on to Bradford so you know <laughs> I hope you know which which is uh you know I, I think that's amazing uh, but they're, they're just masochists aren't they? well, yes yeah. this is it but you know the thing that like I um obviously we're, we're we're now now that the year's ended we're, we're doing a lot of work around evaluation and wrap-up and it's, it's it's making us having to think right back to the beginning and when I think about the when I think about Leeds 23 I don't really think about, because there were so many different challenges, I don't really think about those in, those impacts on me. The things that I think about are like very, very unique moments, like, um, you know, the moment that the fireworks went off at the end of the opening ceremony and we all exhaled this huge breath and said, oh, we did it. It's our first big event. It's the biggest thing in the year. And we did it and nobody died. And nobody fell off the stage and uh, you know everything went perfectly fine from a health and safety point of view which is always the thing that I get particularly <laughs> stressed about um, you know and, 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 and watching everyone dance on in the stadium or it being four o'clock in the morning absolutely chucking it down with rain watching all these amazing people build this barn and singing um, or, you know, rain features quite heavily during Leeds 2023, unfortunately. <laughs> or, or being, you know, in the middle of Round Hay Park on Children's Day where it was torrential and I ran out of all the possible jokes about Noah's Ark within the first hour of the event. Um, uh, but watching all of these kids mess about in the rain with all of these different materials, building things, and then watching our team, like, just be really, really positive about it and give all this energy even though they were drenched you know people have been stood out there for 12 hours in the pouring rain so I, I or, or you know moon palace arriving and everybody just being in complete awe of this bus and how beautiful it was and watching the sunset in um uh in st aidan's nature park you know on the first performance of nest i think i i hope that for everyone even though it's been absolutely like beyond my expectation in terms of how difficult it's been in different moments. I really do hope that for everyone, they have those types of memories of the the program itself, because that's what it was all about. Um, all of those different challenges and all of those different moments. It wasn't about trying to get the right statistics. It was about creating these exceptional 
like memories for everyone including the staff i i particularly loved the audience member that thought we had made the lightning happen oh yeah um and and that <laughs> you know and, just, and that we had that so so nest uh, a collaboration with national youth theater <clears throat> with a hundred and hundred plus young people performing in st aidan's nature park which is uh, you know, which was a, a, a real revelation for many of the audience who'd never known that that was a city, you know, that that was a site that was a, it's an old mining site that's uh, now a nature park was so close to them. Um, but there were the performances would start at dusk and it was set in 2015 in the future. And it talked about climate um, uh, and and the, the loss of birds. And there were moments because you processed the audiences started in one location, processed across the site, round the lake and back up again. Now, just eavesdropping on some of the audience conversation, which was just joyful, because if you've not experienced that kind of work, then, of course, why would you know that, you know, um, this these things can uh, some some of these things are deliberately played out you know the soundscapes that you're hearing are recorded soundscapes but then you've also got nature you've got the flock of geese that at six o'clock would suddenly fly across in a in a squadron or whatever you know and like the there were times when the public would be saying how did they cue them but you know those moments when on that on the last night you know because there was an electrical electric storm and and the show ended up having to be pulled uh halfway through but the fact that the audience thought we had the capacity to build a storm because this was sequence was all about uh, storm and uh, <laughs> there was you know all there that was thunder of, in the sound effects as you know well, so, so like, yeah. it, but that's magical and surprising and you know Maybe wonderful it's a good for the uh, expectation audiences have of um, <laughs> how much you can deliver with the exactly it's a great metaphor but then but that that also kind of plays back to our original theme because one of the things we wanted to do was to sort of make work that was original and surprising and I think that with some of the signature programs that's what we tried to do and um you know, and, and for us, you know, the fact that the National Youth Theatre are coming back for the next three years into the city every summer to run their core programme on the back of that collaboration is fantastic. Amazing. You know, that's sort of, that's a different sort of legacy because it's also about investment coming back into the city, but also a national organisation recognising the level of talent that's here in, in the region, you know, that they want to support and grow and, and develop. So, um you know, however hard those moments are and the panic that you might be in, there is also the joy of, of watching the public. And there are a couple of moments when, because the park is open, people who just come for their on their bicycles or something suddenly encountering something. And these this, this group of young people sort of kind of go, what's going on, what's going on? And, oh, I'm going to stay with this and, and hanging around and then returning every night. Those are the things that, for me, feel like, it's all been worth it yeah. because you don't know what that's going to do to them in the future, whether that's about understanding the landscape they're in or whether that's if we've switched something on around music or writing or performance or poetry or whatever it might be. Those things are the ways that uh, you know are reflective of doors that were opened for me only by chance, not because those opportunities existed for someone like me. And so yeah. part of our job for the year is what have we managed to do for the, for those people here in this year that won't make big starry stories but they they will matter for the city in the future i guess it 
it looks like there's kind of multiple audiences to this as well. You've obviously got the public, you've got the Leeds audience. Um, but the way you kind of have described the preparation and all the build up to the Europe culture, there's also the audience, which is the sector. And um, you've alluded to it, Emma, with um, bringing a lot of them on board through the partnership program and working with them as it became clearer what the year was going to be. But um, there's no doubt that there's members of the sector that haven't got on board with it. Do you know why? Why do you think you know you haven't been able to take everybody in the Leeds culture sector with you on the journey? I think a lot of the conversations that I had with cultural partners, both through the bidding process and then in, in, the, in the development of the programme for delivery, one of the things that we had to really acknowledge was how hard we are to work with because we are a temporary big event in the city. We're a brand new organization, which means that we don't necessarily have anything, everything in place um, in order to be a, a brilliant partner. And for some people, they can deal with that and they could work with that. Um, and then, so for example, all of the partner projects had to follow a very similar process to what we did um, when we were doing feasibility studies for the signature projects. And they had to present budgets that were at three different levels. That that is a that is so difficult. Mm. I can't, you know, I I felt very torn the whole way through it. But at the at that point, we could not be clear about what the budget was that we yeah. had. And so for some people, some some people going through that um, and working with a partner that is in a place of such massive uncertainty just might not be possible. And, and and reasonable and feasible um we did a big uh, call out uh for seed commissions and we we seed commissioned quite a lot of local partners and artists through that <clears throat> to pay them to go through a feasibility process with us um so you know no one was going on that kind of period of r d and feasibility study without being supported financially for that time to do that but a number of people by the end of that process either came to us and said, actually, the idea we've proposed to you, we said it would cost X, but actually it's going to be Y. Um, actually, or the idea we've proposed to you, we can't deliver it until 2024, 2025. Um, or the idea that we've stepped forward with, we now realise we don't want to do it. So I, I think there are, there are a number of reasons as to why people might not have felt like Leeds 2023 was the right environment or program for them there's also a huge amount of people who have and one of the things that is difficult is trying to capture and communicate their experiences because often when people are happy and content with what they've done and, and proud of what they've achieved it, they don't necessarily speak about that um you know we've, we're getting evaluations through right now that are telling us some incredible things about different experiences that partners of artists and artists have had with us you know just yesterday i got a message from one of the artists who've been working on an exchange a hip-hop exchange project uh, for us between leeds and Lille, saying it was a really extraordinary experience for them and how grateful they were these aren't necessarily things that are, are um are out on socials or you know are, are, are spoken about very publicly so for me, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to completing the evaluation process because we've done quite an extensive uh, set of baseline studies and surveys. Um, we've done a lot of reflection work and debriefs with different partners. Still got a long way to go on that. Um, but I think that 
hopefully through that we will get a good picture of what the experience has been beyond anecdotal um, and then the, the other thing that I would say about it is there was no time for the sector to really reckon with the fact that we weren't a European capital of culture mm. there was just no time for it and um, everybody had completely different expectations and perceptions of what that actually meant and and what it should do um, and what it could do and I'm sure that if there were other people that were leading on the program to, to, to you and myself, Cully, they would have done it completely differently. So there are so many different versions of what this year could have been. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But the, the real question is, has it done what it's intended to set out to do? Um, and we're trying to be as transparent with that as possible with things like the open innovations data dashboard from a kind of statistical point of view but the big challenge is going to be telling the stories behind the data and making sure that the evaluation process really does bring some of that forward and, and bring some of it out yeah and I, I the only other thing i would say is that of course for lots of people for a long time we were seen as a funding body and that wasn't our role and so the framework around the partner the produce program the partner program was was by its very nature you know framed around themes and around what we were trying to do and so and that wasn't necessarily what people in the sector wanted what they wanted in some instances was help to consolidate what they were already doing or to help with some capital work or to add to a touring or something that they were wanting to make happen that they hadn't been able to make happen and even though you know we tried very you know tried in lots of different ways to sort of um clarify the framework and the theme the thematic ways in which we could link and offer up seed commissions where we could nevertheless there will have been people who are disappointed who felt like we weren't serving their needs but we were never going to be able to do that because you know we we had to cut so much out of the original budget lines anyway because of what because of the circumstances which we've talked about so much so i think i think that the the bigger question for all of us is that the sector is in such crisis and has been for a number of years and uh no one organization is going to be able to solve that problem and and actually at the moment i would also say that you know sometimes we can get into our own little spirals of inward uh agitation whereas actually there's a bigger question for us all to be coming together around which is how do we uh, galvanize an energy that argues for culture in all its myriad forms and a proper investment in that in that um, because you know in the national picture it feels like you know we're pitching ourselves against each other as opposed to kind of going here's you know here's a bigger problem we've got to solve and actually on the one hand government is saying that the creative industries is the fastest growing and the most lucrative um you know source of uh gdp um on the other hand they're slicing and cutting and and destroying the very access points for new new talent to emerge for um new opportunities to exist and to also reduce the ability of existing organizations to maximize um 
their impact and their reach, you know, and the work they make. So there are there are some big strategic tensions being played out, and and actually it requires all of us to work together to argue our case collectively and not. Um, you know, not for the small organisations to argue with the big organisations, the NPOs and the non-NPOs, you know, the portfolio organisations. There's That division is not helpful, and I think that's it, a big challenge for everybody. And do you think that's, like, the main thing that you would have learned from this year? You know, you've done 12 months of delivering a variety of um, art forms and, you know, putting on loads of different projects, and... Like you say, it's it's so challenging for the sector at the moment. They're probably probably advice or some insight that you guys and everyone in Elite Twenty Twenty Three could provide that can be that can be helpful. Is it that that sense that collabor- collaboration and, and a holistic way of talking about the arts is is one of the best ways of trying to you know support the sector? Are there things that you know you've seen audiences are responding to that people could benefit from knowing about? Um, I think I think what we're trying to do with our evaluation and also just some of the work we're doing uh, already around uh, a, a knowledge sharing is part of us sort of saying, look, this is yeah. this is what we've you know this is what we tried to do. This is what the consequences of that were, um, and these are the kind of questions I've come up for us. I mean, particularly in 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 the light of the 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 region's sort of approach years of culture and Bradford obviously in 2025 being a UK city of culture our our aspiration has been and um, support to all you know through the combined authority as well to kind of look at culture and support what learning we've had and we we're doing that um, and we'll continue to do that in terms of you know evaluation and reporting I think I think this the issues around um the sector aren't unique to Leeds. <laughs> they're across the country, you know. They're, um, uh, and that sort of sense of the crisis that's in the sector, whether you're a freelancer or an established artist or an organisation. Um, I was at a, at an event yesterday where that was the major subject around all of the, the even the big organisations, you know, and what the challenges are around it. Uh, investment levels but also what's happening in the world and our responsibility to that you know where are we as artists when uh, the, the the world is on fire in all so, so many ways and you know we've got a role to play um but in the end i think all all we can do is sort of like, this is what we this is the belief system values we had and this is the ambition we try to work to and these are the things that we did and here are some bits of information about that as to what people felt about it. Yeah. And yes, of course, others might have done it better, others might have done it differently, but this is one version. And we hope, and we gave it our best shot. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm really interested and will stay alert to what the consequences, long-term consequences of something like this will be. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the dilemmas of these these types of big temporary events is that it, it is really hard to, to to prove what their impact is immediately um and actually it's only through looking at legacy from you know just in terms of a uk context specifically like liverpool and glasgow which we can now see um one of the things that the mayor of liverpool said when 
they released the evaluation from Eurovision um, was that they couldn't have delivered Eurovision and got the city that level of profile and attention if they hadn't made all of the mistakes that they made during their European Capital of Culture year. And I loved that because it's like that is exactly right. It's the learning as a city and as a sector that you will take from it um, that really helps to continue the drive and the ambition and the confidence that you get out of having these big moments. And I, I think that for me, the confidence side of it is the bit that I really want to make sure we do hold on to because the the easier thing to do in the context of the all these crises is to really go back to basics and withdraw and keep within that frame of not continuing to kind of push and take risks I, and I actually genuinely understand why that can happen and and you know all of the things that local authorities across the country are going through at the moment in relation to their culture budgets you know it's 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 really scary stuff um however coming together collectively to go where do we see ourselves as a sector and not just looking to for example your local authority to solve that problem is very very important and taking leadership and ownership within that context is also very very important you know one of the things that um i'm really pleased with as a result of some of the programming that we've done this year is uh through the bidding process when we were doing lots of consultation about what would be valuable for you as a leader of a cultural organization or as an artist uh to get out of this experience of being part of leads 23 a huge thing that came forward was the fact that a city of our scale should have a much better um, international network. The, the the cultural sector should be more connected internationally and it should be seen by other international cultural colleagues as a place where they want to come and work and, um, and bring their work. And artists in the city should have more access to international work in this city. Um, and there are obviously some really great people who'd been spearheading that anyway, you know, for example, like Amy Letman at Transform Festival, you know, she 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 really wanted that to be an international festival. Um, and there are others too um, that we could build on. But across the course of the year, we're now looking at over 50 new international collaborations and partnerships. And some of those are institution to institution level. Some of them are artist to artist level and there's been a whole range of different work that's come out of that and experiences that have come out of that that will have a legacy um you know there are connections that have been made during 2023 that the outcomes of that will be seen in 2024 and 2025 um there are ways in which people have thought about their work differently because they're not just thinking about it in a leeds or a uk context and i'm thrilled about that because i think that even though it may not be um, solving a crisis in the arts sector when it comes to the positioning of, of culture um, in the world that's on fire, um, I, I, I think that in, you know, the, the international connections that have been formed and the learning from that will go on to really, really benefit the city because some of the best ways to learn how to solve something that's happening in your own backyard is to find out how people are doing it mm. hundreds, thousands of miles away. 
Yeah. Um, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. And, and, and that is something that I think because of because of being an island and because of the way that the UK is sometimes, um, I, I feel like we don't look to our colleagues and our neighbours, um, even just in Europe, uh, for solutions to some of these problems. And I think that they do exist in an international context and a lot of those solutions to those problems are really driven by the sector so rather than the government so um that that's one element of what we've done that i really hope does continue to kind of impact and benefit people going forward and something that i'm also equally quite proud about is um we've been doing some interviews with lots of different types of people about what their relationship to 2023 has been you know, and one of those people is a real expert when it comes to European capitals of culture. She's, you know, she worked on Glasgow. Um, she's worked on lots of them across the EU. Um, and she's been on the judging panels and things like that. And, you know, something that she said was that Leeds will be a case study for European capitals of culture going forward. And it's already had an impact in that context. And our colleagues across Europe who are delivering their own years are looking to us as examples of good practice. So I'm, I'm also equally looking mm. forward to seeing what our impact is, not just in Leeds, but in that wider European network too. Um, because it's not, it is obviously about benefiting the city, but there are wider impacts that will be felt outside of Leeds as well. So yeah. that's exciting. Do you have any specific words of wisdom for either the guys at Bradford who are gonna do something similar in a couple of years well in, in a year's time or any any year of culture or in fact program directors and artistic directors anywhere well there is a fantastic document that was created by a few different people who've delivered european capital culture that that one of them sent to me in my first couple of weeks in the job and it's called a list of crises every single european capital of culture will go through <laughs> it's four pages we've sent that to bradford um <laughs> But I think that, you know, what's really funny for me in, in terms of these being part of this is um, the fact that that document exists to begin with is very funny to me. You know, there is work to be done there then if we know that these are the things that everyone will face as deep challenges. What can we do again is collectively in terms of major events to try and address some of those. And we have a great program with Spirit of 2012 and Bradford 2025 which is about knowledge transfer, which is about the future of these temporary events, the tensions that exist within them. Are we all repeating the same mistakes as one another? Is there a better way to hand over? Because there isn't a pack. You don't start and someone says, here's how to. Um, so what are the better ways that you can transition between these, these, these temporary events and share some of that learning? So I hope the evaluation from that as well will be helpful going forward in the future for other people do, doing these types of things but the, the context for Bradford is also extraordinarily different to the context for Leeds mm. and it's a different program you know it's a UK city of culture program which has different focuses and priorities so of course things are transferable but again it's a completely different isn't it Colleen? It's completely I think context thing. context matters hugely and I think sometimes we don't talk about that enough um you know, as I said right at the beginning, the context for us has been an extraordinary few years, hasn't it? Where the world around us, on, over which we have had so little control, has had a huge impact on the people and the place. And uh, Bradford's a different city. It's got a great leadership team there, and I'm sure they will 
you know be bold and confident about what they want to do and i i i would encourage them to continue to to be ambitious about their artistic plans because actually that's where you make the difference because if you if you're too shy or too small um in your thinking then that's not where transformation happens transformation happens when uh you take risks and sometimes those risks um you know it, it sometimes that results in things not working but in the learning that's done by the fact that you tried more things will happen and stronger things will happen and the sector and the public will engage with that so yeah no words of wisdom other than you know go for the go for your instincts and make mm. the best thing you can under the context that you're working in it's been so fascinating hearing about all the detail that goes into a year like this and also really great to hear the the personal side of it as well from the both of you i have a couple of i guess nicer questions to <laughs> wrap it up with the first one is out of the whole year can you pick a moment that you witness that captured what you think is like the essence of leeds Well, I don't know if it's the essence of Leeds, um, but it's one that we all talk about quite often, which was, um, so for the awakening, which was the opening ceremony, in order to get a ticket, you were asked to submit a piece of art. And at the point of making the decision that that was the process by which you would attend the opening ceremony, which was taking place at Headingley Stadium, um, that was a that was a risky shout and there was a lot of turmoil around it <laughs> um but it felt like a really really interesting unique kind of provocation of who gets to be an artist who gets to be creative what is the value of creativity um it also spoke to a number of different things that like um you know what is the um how do we view the economy you know how do we view the econ economic side of culture um, and more than anything, it meant that we were going to create this incredible bank of citizen artworks that we could continue to um, use as part of the programme across the year. So um, there was huge, mo there was definitely moments, weren't there, Collie, where we were like, well, is anyone going to do this? Is anyone going to come? And they did. And it was amazing um, to start to see all of the artworks getting submitted. But the th the, the one of the moments for me that... Um, uh, I hadn't expected to, uh, you know, I'm not a bigger crier, um, but I hadn't expected to burst into tears was when people started entering into the stadium and we displayed all of the artworks all over the concourses um, and people started to look for their artworks and find them and get their pictures taken with them. And it just felt incredibly special, you know, regardless of anything else that happened for people to really see themselves as artists as part of the event and to have that moment where they were like you know and there was one particular kid who, who found who found his work he's like look look oh my god that is so cool and I just yeah lost it a little bit actually <laughs> we had the whole event to go but I was just really really overwhelmed well it's, it's good to start probably... the year with like a nice happy cry yeah <laughs> yeah I mean there have been some sad ones before that moment too um but you know it was really overwhelming I think and I hadn't I hadn't expected that um to to feel that when when watching people find their their work there um and also just very validating just a really really validating moment to go okay 
it was the right thing to do, even though you kind of knew it in your gut. It's sometimes really hard to communicate why um, mm. until you have those particular experiences. Gosh, you know, I I um I find it really hard to think of a single moment. Mm. Um, I think there's something about the, you know us talking about letting culture lose, which I think captured what we were trying to do and and I think the team you know Abigail and everybody and how in the process of getting to that sort of tagline in, in a way was was being expansive about how we think about culture and um you know I still I mean I've been in the arts for I don't know decades now I can still walk into places and feel like I shouldn't be there now that shouldn't be the case it just shouldn't and, I, and but sometimes you're you know the perception of how you are seen or in places which are seen to be much not for you I know what that feels like and you know part of our part of our ambition for the year was to sort of try and find ways to kind of avoid that sort of sense of um distant for me now it's not you can't change that overnight but you can change People, but you, you can create spaces where people can bump into art or ask questions about art. You know, so whatever the whatever your perception of, of making a stand by Michael Pinsky in City Square, you know, some people loved it, some people hated it, some people thought it was a complete waste of money, some people used it as marriage proposal sites or yoga class sites or you know busking sites. Right? There was a really interesting sort of um, sense of the public encountering things that they might not normally associate with art or culture or for them. And I think that's the biggest kick I get out of our year is that the joy that people's, that's on people's faces when they come across the hibiscus flower, you know, on Meadow Lane by Yinka Shonibari. And you just, you can see for a moment, if they've not seen it before, they just, well, what what is that doing here? You know, and that that's what gives me a real uplift and, and it, I mean it sort of echoes what you're talking about you know with the awakening and, and the city you know the citizen films we made there was a wonderful farmer who just burst into oh, tears yeah. at the end of the show and went I never thought it would be like this because we made a short film about him making his uh, submission and you you know it's the emotional connections we make through the work you know um the transformation of places and spaces that will will be the the memories that people carry and that's why for me the closing was really important and 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 yes some people might see it as sort of too insular but it was really kind of looking back at the year going stories matter and they they're really important to people and to places and together we made a lot of stories and those are going to be the myths of the future for this city they're the they're the things that people are going to talk about um when they look back and they might not be able to do that just yet but that's what's going to matter and that's what is powerful about storytelling for a city on scale that we did it so final question actually isn't to do with Leeds Year of Culture I would actually just love to know this year any good recommendations for arts and culture going to got any got any events booked you going to any festivals what should people go to well uh, we have just come back from 
uh, seeing Tartu celebrate the opening of their Year of Culture. So they are European Capital of Culture 2024. They have an amazing program on over this summer. So I will definitely be going back for that. But of course, like a lot closer, Wakefield and Calderdale both have Years of Culture this year and they've got some really amazing projects planned that, you know, are right on the doorstep. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what what they have uh, happening. They've got some of my favourite artists and companies coming into the region too. So that's great. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of stuff happening in the city already um, and across the Pennines, you know, there's some fantastic international work happening. So I would... Um, just check it out enjoy the adventure of looking for new and different things and that's all from our chat with Cully and Emma clearly conversations around Leeds 2023 will go on for a while potentially for years or decades as we wait to see the real impact from the year of culture thanks for listening to this episode And if you enjoyed it, make sure you check out the State of the Arts website, social media and podcasts for more stories from arts and culture from Leeds and beyond. Mm